0: What are you gonna tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Always takes me a minute because I don't have a producer, so I've got to make sure the computer's recording. I've got to make sure the camera's recording. I'm not even sure about the battery life on this camera. I'm still, I'm trying to figure out how to make sure this camera. Operates, I don't know how to operate it properly and I haven't put enough time into actually reading the manual So the frustration with that is is like I finally get it set up on here on top of a a frying pan literally or a pot and then I stack it on top of like another uh, It's like my it's literally my sock drawer Which has been emptied out and placed on its side because I just I need to get a tripod and so technology is not a strong point so if you're a producer and you want to help us out a little bit? It'd be greatly appreciated. Because now, like the podcast, it starts, which is fantastic. But the problem is, the back of my mind now for the for the whole time I'm chatting to you, I think, oh, okay. Well, is this is it going to turn off? And then, and then if it does turn off, it's fine. I just have to edit it and try and make it look a bit smoother. But um, I don't know. It's just one of those things you don't want in the back of your mind. Is you're actually trying to produce just super high quality content. As I'm very used to producing around here, as you're used to me producing around here, it's uh technology is not a strong point. It's a I call it a growth point. It's a uh, something I'm trying to navigate my way through. So we'll do that together. I hope you had a good weekend. It's uh, the sun was out down here. My nose is peeling, which is a sign of a good weekend. It's a uh, it's a sign that I didn't wear enough sunscreen. But it's just it's the way it goes. It's beach life for you. Do you know what I mean? Us surfers, you've got to. To prove your your space in the surf world, sometimes you've got to come out with a little bit of a peeled nose. There's a saying down here that if your nose isn't peeling, you haven't been surfing, and uh, it's a <laughs> it's not a it's a ridiculous comment. But in fairness, the the start of the podcast is the hardest part. But we've done it. We got through that. Now here we are. Matt, there was a lot. There's a lot to talk about this week. There's a whole heap of stuff I've got to get through. Um, before we do, parents, I want to speak to you because. My wife and I have come up with a little organization in our household, which means that on a Saturday morning, I take Charlie, our little boy, until 11 a.m. It gives my wife the freedom to be able to go out and do whatever she wants uh, until 11 a.m. It's like some well-earned recovery in the world of parenthood. I hate talking about that as well because... The truth is before we had Charlie so many parents said to us hey hey make sure you enjoy the rest of your time as single you're never going to get that back again you're never going to have that freedom again you're never going to have that opportunity just to do whatever you want again and <clears throat> I said okay like that's one of the most miserable things you've ever heard what a narrow perspective that is what a disgusting way to look at bringing like a human life into the world what a what a narrow view of what it is that you've created and then Saturday morning comes around and I have to have him until 11 a.m. And I think, oh, my God, they're right. I wanted to sleep in and I wanted to watch some funny videos on YouTube. And now I've got, it's five, he's working up at 5.43 because he shat his pants. Like, that's, when your day starts with you having to change a, a, a shat nappy, I don't know. It just, it's a different, I used to like to start the day with meditation and a nice breakfast I used to like to start the day with a little walk, a nice breakfast, maybe a cup of coffee and some pizza. Quite now, the first thing I do in the morning is wake up with my son. He's got his asshole in my face because he's shat his pants. He needs someone to wipe it, and that's that's my start to my day. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting period of our life to navigate because I mean, there's no other person in the world really, I don't think, unless you swing a certain way, who you'd be comfortable with an asshole in your face. I know, like certain people are comfortable with different things, but for me. It's uh, it's not something I've ever been a real big fan of, and it's a very humbling way to start your day when all you want is a nice coffee and some peace and quiet. I wanted to go outside, sit in the sunshine, get some vitamin D, and instead it's just an asshole saying like clean clean me, and an ungrateful boy who I love so much just laying there, uh, and, and it's just it's just the norm for him. For him, it's just what happens when you wake up. You just you just wake up and someone comes and changes your nappy, and he gets upset if it takes too long, and I. I try and explain to him, mate, like we're both in this, I know you're not happy, all right, and I know, I know you don't understand this yet, but I'm not that happy with this situation either, and, and you getting upset at me, I, I personally find very selfish right now, the fact that you can, you can honestly lay there with no shame about the position that you're in right now, with shit dripping down onto your ball bag, and you're upset at me, you know what I mean, there's no, that's not fair, there's nothing fair about that. And it's a Saturday morning. It used to be the day where I'd just go out and chill. That was my most chilled morning. My wife would always cook pancakes. We would have a coffee. We would laugh and talk together. And now I've got a ball sack with shit on it asking to be cleaned. And that's, that's Saturday morning. <laughs> but I I love my boy. And so we got through that little hiccup together. And, uh, you know, it, he didn't feel like he got through it as much as just got what he was Got what he was owed. Do you know what I mean? And it's fair enough as well because he's only just learnt to walk. So the idea of him even being able to put on a nappy, let alone, you know, organise what it is that's in his nappy or what's caused it to be so runny, he doesn't care that I've got it on my fingers and I've just scratched my eyebrow. For for him, that doesn't matter. He doesn't care that I'm walking down the street and can still smell his shit, knowing that I've changed his nappy, not being sure where it is that the smell is coming from, only to realize later when I look in the mirror that I've got dry dry shit on my left eyebrow. For him, it's not a a point of concern. For me, it's very embarrassing. There's a lot of pretty girls down here in Point Lonsdale, for me to walk past them with a shit eyebrow is, uh, it's humbling. It's a humbling experience. And people often come close as well because uh, he's a cute kid, so people will be walking Uh, quite naturally just down the beach he's got a little blonde hair cute smile so people come up and you can see their face change from about five meters the way they go hey this kid's gorgeous and then from about a meter away they start regretting the decision to come over and I have to play it cool not knowing what's stuck in my eyebrow at the time they never say long which is which is good um but it's just embarrassing to know the reason that they left so that's a That's just sort of something that I'm working with at the moment. I don't want to to come across as a complainer. I don't want to come across as someone who's not grateful for what he has. But, I mean, there's certain highs and lows that comes with the experience. There was never a time in my life that I thought uh, that something on my finger wasn't avocado. If I saw something on my finger and just assumed it was avocado, it was always avocado. I've made that mistake once since I've been a parent. You know what I mean? I change a nappy 15 minutes later. Forget about the fact I changed a nappy and remember or think I have avocado on my finger. It's not until you you put the finger in your mouth realize you've just eaten your own son's shit that, uh, I don't know. There's just a few. Uh, details have never been a strong point of mine, but there's some times in your life where details is a really important point. And I think when it comes to having your son's shit in your mouth, it's important to be tuned into details because um, it takes a long time to wash that flavor out. It takes a long time to, even if you can't taste it, you just, you remembered what happened. You feel like, you, you caused the violation to yourself, but it was a violation nonetheless. It was a violation nonetheless. I'm pretty sure, now I don't know what my son's microbiome or gut bacteria is like, but but there's certain people at the moment to, to get a kickstart to their health, they're actually, they're inserting other people's, other people's shit into their ass. I think a doctor does it. I don't think it's something you have to take home to do by yourself. Like no one, you're not taking home like a little $5 worth of Barry shit to, to try and squeeze into your asshole when you get home to fix up your gut health, but there's a certain way that you can do it. And I think there's, I, I don't know that I'm not a scientist, uh, apart from when it comes to COVID, I'm not 100% sure how it works, but I, I think the little bugs, those little microbiomes, that the, the little gut bacteria that live in that can actually kick start, uh, can kickstart your gut bacteria. So if you've got like chronic health issues, that's a really helpful way apparently I don't know how they work this stuff out and I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to be the first guy to try it because like any trial period, yeah, yeah, you, you have to acknowledge that what you're doing might not work. And, and when you're having another man's another man's uh, poo put into your asshole, there's gotta be a point of going, gee, I hope this is, is not just placebo, you know, because placebo is a powerful thing, but if you have to go as far as sticking another man's number two in your ass or woman, I'm not sure who has the better gut bacteria, I guess it depends on what they eat. There's going to be a point there when you think, all right, well, I hope this is legitimate because you don't want that trial to end and the guys go, oh, okay, well, there was it wasn't actually as powerful as what we thought. What what we thought was going to happen didn't actually happen, but thanks for being a part- participant because you'd have to walk down the street and see Barry and know uh, what you just feel like he's got the upper hand on you, really, don't you? Like if he's put you in that position, uh, all he had to do was do it into a bag. You had to squeeze that bag into your empty bowels and, and just cross your fingers. I mean, that's... That's confronting. So uh, we've started, I hope you're not eating breakfast, to be honest, because this is a, I, I don't even care if you're eating breakfast, to be quite fair. Yet you, you should know, last podcast was called Too Much Blood. There's some stuff we talk about here which you're not going to see in mainstream media. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? When was the last time you heard Lavinia Nixon talk about that? putting Barry's shit in your asshole to try and look after you. The problem is though, too many people, it's it's still an easy option. Like I know psychologically that's a difficult thing to navigate. It's a hard thing to get yourself to do. Not that you have to do it yourself, but I think the the truth is, like that only lasts a certain amount of time, doesn't it? Because your body might try and adjust to it. But the truth is, if you're not looking after yourself, like you can, this is what frustrates me. People like the idea of taking the easy option, And that's a lot easier than what it is to actually change your diet, like to make sure you're just eating more fruits and vegetables on a regular basis. Because we all know, like, it's, it, it literally is not rocket science as much as we try and make it that. We know that the best way to a healthier lifestyle is to make sure you're eating well and you're exercising regularly and all the little other one percenters that come with that. And yet what we'd rather do is we, we want a diet pill. We want Barry shit to fix it. But the truth is, unless we're willing to actually make some long-term effects or long-term changes uh, to our lifestyle, we're not going to see any radical effects because Barry's shit's not that strong is what I'm saying. And so that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. 2021, nothing surprises me anymore. I'm really hoping to see something fresh come out. That's a weird choice of words when you're talking about Barry, isn't it? Like we've just come off a, it just seems like a weird analogy to, to end when you're speaking about something fresh in 2022. But you knew what I meant. I want fresh as in, like the. have we gone off the deep end a little too much? Can we come back to some sense of normality? I don't know. If you had to, if you had to ask me to describe what the year twenty twenty one was in health terms, I would say it was the equivalent of having Barry shit forcefully uh, uh, inserted into my ass without my consent and knowing that it was a trial phase and probably wasn't going to work. I think that's a fair description. I think that I think that sums up a lot of of what this year had in. So I had Charlie on Saturday morning, and I got him into his nappy, and then. The truth is, you get him into his nappy and it's it's still before 6 a.m. So you've had to change his nappy, wash shit off your fingers, uh, come downstairs, sacrifice your coffee because he wants to play with his blocks and and, and wants Dad's attention, which is beautiful. Um, but you've still got five hours to go. So I thought, what we'll do, i put him in the pram because he was still a bit grizzly, and I started walking down to the main beach. Uh, I started walking down and there's a whole heap of kids down there by the time we got there at 6.30 the sun's well the sun's well and truly up at the moment because of the time of year that it is but we got down there and um, I got my coffee down at Pasquini's which is the coffee they'll make you an oat milk flat white as long as you bring your oat milk so I just get a long black from there now Uh, I know the guy but he doesn't give me discounts which is fine because it's only $4.60 which is actually insane isn't it we paid $4.60 for a coffee this morning and we thought it was three years ago that like, inflation's kicked in hard because the idea of paying $4.60 for a coffee is... I remember I used to pay that for a loaf of bread back in the day and think, far out, that better be a bloody good loaf of bread. And knowing how to make coffee and, and the general cost of coffee. It's one of those things that it fascinates me that you can get the wool pulled over your eyes so frequently because coffee, it, maybe it's just an addiction. Maybe that's what it is. Well, it's definitely an addiction. It's like, I guess people pay for for ice knowing that it's expensive and not good for your health and probably not as worth as as much as what we're charged for it. So uh, I shouldn't really be that shocked about Price. Really, I'll guess everything, isn't it? Like a loaf of bread, regardless of how much you pay for it, it's never going to really cost more than. Like, what I don't know how much flour is going for these days. I know the water, depending on whether you filter or not, I know the water is not expensive. I get that running out of my tap each day, and, and my water bill is not that expensive, and my showers are long. And so everything is is marked up because that's just the way business works. So I don't know though. $4.60, it's just for a long black, it's literally coffee, coffee grains and water. So I went down there. We got our coffee this morning. I got my coffee Saturday morning, started to talk to a few locals. And each morning, or each Saturday morning in particular, there's a big group of people that they go and uh, they meet up in their orca outfits. They've got their orca outfits on to make them look more like a seal. Uh, And and they kickstart that. They they do like a two-kilometer swim, which is awesome. But the other day, it must have been about 7.30 by this stage, Charlie and I had been running around the park. He was having the time of his life. He's flirting with the little girls, which I was proud to see him do. He was showing the little boys who's boss, which I was, I say that, he wasn't really, he's lovely, he's such a lovely kid. I'm just trying to make you think that my boy is, he's the alpha of the park. Which he is, he is the alpha of the park. Because technically having a dad that would would get another kid in a choker hole if they did something to my kid makes him the alpha. Because it doesn't matter, like he's one and a half. Now if a two and a half year old kid comes up to him and tries to show him who's boss, well I show the two and a half year old who's boss. I'm 34, I don't need to be that in shape, though I am, to, to take him down a peg. And he has to go back to his mum and tell her what happened, I could take her too. As long as dad's not there and is bigger than me, we're set, I'm the alpha. <laughs> I'm the alpha in the playground. But we were running around and uh, I saw a lady in an orca outfit, she had the top undone, she had like a bikini top just there, and she was running along next to a bloke and she looked like she was crying, I go, hey, what's going on? Why, why are you upset? She goes, mate, I've been swimming down here for 20 years and just this morning, a a three-meter shark swam underneath me. I said, are you exaggerating? Are you sure it wasn't a dolphin? She goes, mate, I've been out here for a long time. I'm a keen fisherman or woman. I'm not sure what you call a person in that situation. They're keen to fish. She saw a three-meter shark swim underneath her, which is, for those of you, uh, uh, you know, sort of just following along from the outside of Australia, Port Phillip Bay is the bay that I'm talking about. Now, two weeks ago, there was a shark attack uh, on the outskirts of Port Phillip Bay at, uh, at a beach called Ocean Grove. But in Port Phillip Bay, you're generally pretty safe, despite the fact there's a big drop-off in the depth about halfway through to the other side of the bay. You're pretty safe, really. Like, there's there's been the odd shark sighting. People catch sharks. I saw a little baby shark a couple of weeks ago at the shore. I still swam. I'm not going to tell you it was 30 centimetres long, and it surprised me that it was actually classed as a shark, but it was... So it's just one of those things that uh, that I've been through in my life. It's something that I've, I've I've overcome. I've challenged. I swam with a shark, and and I guess I won, if you if you want to look at it like that. But this shark that swam underneath her, she got out of the water. She was all shaken up, and I was upset because I told you about my snorkel set that I bought last week. And I always take a little bit of comfort in the fact that I'm just swimming around in the bay. Like it's a big bay. It's a it's a monstrous bay, to be honest. We have ships big cargo ships coming in and out all day long. They're a few k's away, so you don't have to, uh, like the noise isn't frustrating, unless it's foggy and they've got the foghorn going, then it gets a bit noisy and frustrating, but generally speaking, it's a pretty relaxed situation to be in, and and I see a few fish out there which are bigger than, than I would have been comfortable swimming in just a couple of, or swimming with just a couple of months ago, but, but the idea of a shark throws, throws that out a little bit. So I was disappointed because the truth was I wanted to get back out there and snorkel in the afternoon. And I saw a stingray the other day, which was exciting, and uh, then got home. I'm gone through a phase where I came, I was a vegetarian and now I'm not a vegetarian. I, I watched that season of uh, Alone. Do you know Alone? It's like the American show where I think 12 people are dropped off in the wilderness. And then it's just last man standing. Whoever's there for the longest amount of time wins. And truth was, when I started watching that show, I was curious as to how I would make blueberries grow. I wanted to know how I would get nutritional plants. I wanted to know how long it would take to make spinach. And then I watched one episode and I realized, okay, if you're out in the wild, you have to eat meat. You'll Otherwise you die. It just seems to be a more natural way for people to live, doesn't it? Like, especially when you're catching it in in the wild. Like, if you're catching wild meat, which is eating wild food, then that meat's gonna be a lot healthier. My biggest problem with with wild meat these days is I'm told from our supermarket that it's wild and organic, but then you go to the farm where that meat's grown and it's just, they're, they're covered in steroids, the sheep have six packs, they've got bicep. When you get to a park or when you get to a farm and the, ch- the sheep are doing chin-ups, <laughs> that should serve as a warning sign. There's, there's a cow doing CrossFit, I saw a giraffe running through there. Well, I didn't even know how he got there to be honest, because I don't think they're they're not native to Australia. But the cows were doing push ups, the sheep were doing chin ups. <laughs> it's a that's a classic sign that there's too much steroid in your food when you when you farm animals that you see seeing uh what's that old McDonald had a farm start busting out CrossFit and bench presses. You go okay, this isn't natural anymore. But you don't see that in the wild. You see these. Uh, you know, you, what are they? They're deer. They're not, they weren't deer. They're um. They're elk. I've blanked on the, uh, are they deer? I've completely, this is why I need a producer. I need someone to look that up for me right now because now I have to speculate and you guys have to sit there listening God, mate, did he really just call, did he really just call a deer a reindeer or whatever, whatever it was that I just said? But you shouldn't be so judgmental because... Uh, that's the, that's the course of this conversation is we're going to go into some territory which I haven't had to navigate alone for a long time and, and and usually it's easy for me just to jump on Google and and clarify that answer. But I watched that show and I go, okay well this is just I think this is how men were made to be. I, I, and we we often say the idea. like the thing I used to say, it all started for me because I was standing watching my friend do a fun run about six years ago, 2014, seven years ago. And as I was standing there, a little calf came up, a little potty calf came up and started licking the back of my calf, and I thought, oh my gosh, isn't this, this is the cutest thing I've, I've ever seen. One part of my brain says, you cooked would be delicious. The other part of my brain says, I can't ever eat this again. And for seven years, I can't ever eat this again was the, was the dominant thought going through my mind. But then you, you listen to 12 episodes of Joe Rogan, you watch a season of Alone, and you go, okay, I'm a meat eater, naturally. So now all of a sudden I'm in touch with my masculine side. So I found a stick the other day and I've started carving it to make a staff. I'm not 100% sure what I'm gonna use it for, but I tell you, it feels good to make. I did the El Camino to Santiago in 2017 with Jesse and when I was there, uh, there was a bloke called, his name was Wim, he was, I think he was, I wanna say he was German, but he'd been walking for three months and he had a staff which he uh, which he found in in like the forest near his house. and. He put a couple of weeks into making it and making sure it was beautiful and making sure it looked good and making sure it was durable. And I I kept looking at him, and he was a small man, but I thought, that's what a man does. You know, he ate meat for sure. I actually think he was a vegetarian, but he looked like the kind of bloke who who should have eaten meat. And I'm not sure. Like, I think there's a lot of health talk about meat at the moment, about whether it's good for you. But no one wants to talk about the fact that uh, we're mass consumers. I think a little bit of meat is fine for your health. Just like a little bit of bread is fine for your health, but if you start making meat your your go-to meal three times a day when really you should just have a green smoothie, I think that's where problems kick in because this is the one thing that I've learned the last 18 months, nuanced conversation. It's a more difficult thing to have, isn't it? And I often, I often lean on that. Like I like the idea of just going, okay, I'm either all in or I'm all out. I'm a vegetarian or I'm just on that lion's diet where all I eat is meat because you don't have to think as much. I've got enough to think about. I don't want to have to think about... Um, you know, if I've had the right amount of spinach in comparison to my meat, I'd much rather just find the research that supports whatever it is that makes my life easier and just go with that. And anyway, the thing is, you you see this woman who got out of the water the other day, and the fear which is just like she's she's overcome with fear. She was she was shocked. Uh, from me standing on the shore, I thought she was carrying on a little too much. You know what I mean? There was a man next to her just going, "Look, it's you're on the you're on the land now." She goes, "No, but emotionally, it really got me." I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back in there again. And hey, I can stand there and laugh because I wasn't in the water, but the truth was it wouldn't be a conversation to me. If a shark that big swam underneath me, there's no way I get back in that water. And my mindset up until about 12 months ago was I would have been all about protecting the shark. But I think the thing for me is I just, I'm not comfortable with the idea of hurting an animal, but they're they're not fussed about hurting me, are they? Like that shark, if it was hungry, it wasn't gonna hesitate to attack Heather. Heather was, she was very lucky that shark had just eaten a seal or at least a big fish because his appetite had been, had been satisfied at least temporarily. So Heather wasn't as appealing. Do you know what I mean? Like I often, it's hard for me to walk past a bowl of oats, especially with coconut milk. But if I've just had a bowl of oats or at least a small snack, if you've got a bowl of oats in front of me, I'm less likely to eat it. That's just the nature of the game. I think it's just the nature of survival. Yeah, is it? I'm speculating here. But anyway, it's uh, it's it's thrown a spanner in the works for my snorkeling, which is which is probably okay. Like my my wife gives me a hard time based on the uh, the snorkel set that I use. She thinks I need to harden up a little bit, which is which is probably true because the idea like the shark didn't even attack this person, let alone, um, I mean, it didn't even touch this person, let alone attack her. And so I'm using that shark as an excuse not to get back in the water. But my wife says, "Babe, you." Like, this is the thing. I think there's some evidence to suggest that Australians are soft and I don't want to fall into that category. Australia, we love to promote this idea that we're so tough, don't we? Like, I reckon I've travelled into, uh, I've travelled overseas and, and I play the game as well. I fall into this category of going, okay, I'm an Aussie. Like, how do people see Aussies? Well, before the internet was a thing, before COVID was a thing, there was a stereotype that we're like Crocodile Dundee. We fight crocodiles. We don't give a crap about germs and danger because we're here to take it because we've got a knife that's going to uh, that's gonna help us get through it. We're the sons and daughters of convicts. We're going to navigate our way through any difficulty. And now the government says you can go outside again and we put ourselves in self-imposed lockdowns because we're too scared about it. Like we're 30 years old and we're afraid of, of this COVID despite statistics. How is this still happening? Like what what is... Australians, uh, I'm going to put it out there. I think Australians are the softest. I, I think we're the softest country in the world. There, we. I, I think it's true. And you can say, yeah, but it's the government. It's the government's fault that we're like this because uh, we're simply doing what we're told. But I think partly that's the problem. A little bit like what I was saying before. The idea of just finding a solution which is easy, like going, okay, I'm either a full vegetarian or I'm a full meat idiot, It just it just eliminates the need to have to think for yourself. And then we get to Australia and the government says, okay, guys, for your health and safety, we're gonna lock you up for a little while because you need to be taken care of. And we say, oh my gosh, safety is our number one priority. Crocodile Dundee did it, the traditional Aussie did it, and that's how Steve Irwin died, just looking after it. You know what I mean? Like We've got this, I love the idea of a, of a tough Australian. I like the stereotype of what we were. And now, truthfully, I have a conversation with some people my age who are terrified. They say I wouldn't hang out with a non-vaccinated person. And I go, you are an absolute pussy. One of my mates put up a... uh, Actually, I I call him a mate, but I've met him three times. One of my mates put up a status a while ago saying, I would much rather be in the trenches with a bloke who's had COVID six times and overcome it than someone who's had the the vaccines in the booster shop. I tend to agree. I reckon it's time now where... Okay, here's the thing. So... This Omicron variant has just further unveiled how much of a bunch of pussies so many Australians are. And it's it, it's flabbergasted. It is it is insane to see the response uh, to people who just see this so differently to me. For me, I'm healthy. The idea of getting COVID doesn't bother me. May I eat those words? Statistically speaking, I probably won't, but there's a chance that it could. Do you know, I've spoken to so many people unhealthier than me who live in America who have had it, they've overcome it, and it was just like a common cold. Sure, like there's, some people have these comorbidities which cause a heap of trouble, but I don't know. The fear which is going around at the moment, I have no interest in taking part in. And the response to, is, have you guys heard the response of just, it, to be fair, it's the Twitter community the twitter community are the biggest like if you've got the if this is a spectrum of australians and up here is the bravest australians and up here is the weakest australians this is where you're going to find the twitter community and for whatever reason the Twitter community are a lot bla- braver on Twitter speaking about what they think ru- than what they are on, on in, in real life. I've found this out firsthand over the last couple of months. And the same is true for me. I'm a big tough guy on social media sometimes. And then I meet the people that I was having it out with on social media and the first thing I do is give them a cuddle, which is quite lovely, I think. It just shows that I've forgiven them. We're going to overcome it. We get through these challenges together. But the truth is, there's just so many pussies. This Omicron variant. So here's what's funny. We're all following the science, right? Like the health experts, the government, we're following the science. New South Wales is following the science. Victoria's following the science. New South Wales just says, back to business as usual. Australia, Victoria says, uh, hey, let's just be very careful and put our masks on again. I love the fact that what people are scared about is, it's the fact that the government's not telling us what to do. I think there's something comforting to a lot of people about just having someone in a position of authority tell you what to do. If they just tell me what to do, I won't have to think. If they just tell me what to do, then if anything goes wrong, it's their fault. I don't have to take responsibility, which is the reason that you've got man tits, by the way, because the easy option is is always the lazy option, and thinking for yourself is a lot more difficult. Thinking for yourself is like a gym workout for your body. Do you know what I mean? If you think for yourself, it's going to challenge your brain, just like when you work out for yourself rather than drink like some diet drink that's going to strip kilos away from you. It's it's a workout and it's harder. And I get why people don't like to do it. And I get why the people who, who nurse those man boobs might want it, because statistically, they're actually more at risk of actually uh, suffering from the consequences of covid than what a person without the man tits are who has actually taken care of themselves. People hate this. I've been watching, it was so funny yesterday, I was watching an ABC clip from earlier in the year speaking about how much of a, a great inspiration Israel was getting on the front foot with these COVID vaccines, getting the booster shots out there. It's going to be so interesting just to see how far ahead of the rest of the world they are. And then all of a sudden cases skyrocket and we go, hang on a second. I th- <laughs> these, these vaccines were supposed to help us. And so why is it that we're, we're still getting absolutely pumped with COVID? Well, it turns out we're just in a trial phase at the moment. We're not 100% sure what works and what doesn't, but we're going to figure it out together. We're going to get through it together. Anyway, it's... Uh, So Dominic Perrottet, he's the New South Wales Premier. He's just a, he's he's a dangerous man taking this approach of, all right, guys, I trust your judgment. We're in this together. Think for yourself. Let's get through this. And everyone's like, no, Dom, think for me. (laughs) I want you to think for me. Think for me. I'm 12 years older than you, but I'm too scared to think for myself. I'm flustered. I'm terrified. And I need you to guide me through it. Yeah, that's what leadership is, though, isn't it? Like leadership, I guess, regardless of what side of the fence you have to, or you, you you sort of sit on, leadership, you're gonna cop hate from. I think it's just it's hard for me to hear Dom cop hate from all all the little bitches. It's I said, but there are exceptions to that rule, I guess. I've got a friend of mine who has a daughter who uh, she has to, she's like permanently on oxygen, so she's permanently on oxygen, and and I get people like that being very nervous about it because COVID in their family might be. Uh, it might be a bit more serious than what it would to, to the rest of the world, just like a flu or a cold would be. But I, they're smart enough to think that for themselves. They don't need a, a, a governor or a, a premier to, to tell them that. So we're so. Am I right? Am I being too hard on Australia? I'm not being too hard on Australia. Australians, I think it's time to grow some balls. Do you know what I mean? When we have our Victoria Bitter, when we have the that one of the main selling alcohol companies in Australia telling us what we should be doing for our health, we, we know we're in a sticky situation. When McDonald, did you see did you see the uh, the the little initiative that McDonald's is taking? I can only assume that this is true. I mean, I saw it on Twitter. So what could what could possibly be false on Twitter? But uh, uh, McDonald's has just released a new chip packet. I, ironically. So McDonald's has a new chip packet with a needle on it, encouraging us, reminding us to go and get the jab. Now, if we can't acknowledge the absolute hypocrisy of a statement like that coming from McDonald's, surely this conversation is, it's just not worth having anymore. Is it? Because we just can't talk openly. We can't talk. When when a company who's so responsible for actually just, just helping or contributing to the, the the absolute just smashing of people's health. Surely surely the conversation's not real anymore. <laughs> you can't even post you can't even post opposing views to the mainstream narrative on YouTube anymore without your videos being blocked and flagged. And Twitter's just come out with like a whole new Uh, set of set of uh, what do you call it guidelines about what is acceptable to speak about in regards to COVID on Twitter They don't even line up with the CDC. They don't even line up with the World Health Organization They've gone a step further than these organizations now We look at the World Health Organization now as I'm not sure like in my household uh, for good reason they're just too affiliated with too much bullshit. You know they're being paid off. You know there's a lot of money coming at them. You know mainstream media supporting. You know it's not a genuine conversation. So I hear World Health Organization start talking. I go, oh, okay, really? Like, how do I how do I listen to you anymore? Because here's the thing: how do you know who to trust? I heard Doctor Peter McCullough, like everyone did, on Joe Rogan's podcast just a couple of weeks ago, and I've been following McCullough uh, not pretty closely, but well enough for a few months, and. He's been, for for 40 years, or for 30 years, this guy's been like a really highly regarded doctor uh, in the the world of cardiology. He's one of the most uh, published doctors of all time in his particular field. He's a highly, highly respected doctor and has been for his whole career. And then he comes out with his findings and research about COVID and it doesn't line up to the mainstream narrative and he comes out with some alternatives and he said, hey, um, I know we're putting so much focus on just the vaccine, but what if rather than just focusing on the vaccine, we focus on some actual home treatments for when you get sick? And this makes sense to me because the idea is like all our resources seems to have just been put into this world of, all right, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Then whatever happens after that, it's just like, all right, fend for yourself. The idea of actually being able to... um, you know, look after yourself a little bit from home seems to, seems to make a little bit more sense, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. It's just hard to try. I saw a, I saw a, a cool image of CNN just this morning. Their last 12 months of statements in one like, <laughs> one like beautiful uh, image all collated together. The first one was like, vaccinated, you'll be able to go around without masks. Second one, vaccinated, might still need masks third one all right we might need a booster shot before we can get outside next one we need another booster shot it just keeps going on and on and on so anyway that was my i don't want to talk about covid again we've been talking about covid so much lately so let's get into something less controversial like um like louis c k just released his new special which i which i love And speaking about the story not being able to get out there properly, Louis CK is a classic example of someone that we, you and I don't actually know the story of what happened with Louis CK do we don't, we don't genuinely know. Have we heard from any victims yet? I'm not sure. I love the fact his special is called Sorry. That's very funny. If you don't follow the comedy world very closely, Louis CK got done, he got Me too he got in trouble because apparently he locked people in his room. I don't know if he locked, I shouldn't say locked, but he invited people into his room and and asked them if he could masturbate in front of them, which is, it's never a good look. I've never done that with any family, friends, or even really close friends of mine who I feel I trust. I'm not saying I think it's a good idea. I mean, I can see, like everyone has their thing, don't they? That's what he talks about in his last special. Some people have their kinks. I've got a friend of mine, he's into feet. I personally don't get it, don't understand it. Would never would never request a foot in my face, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just not something I'm into. Especially when I see all these hippies around here walking out barefoot. Not that I need to worry about what everyone else is doing because the truth, I've got a beautiful woman who I'm sure, I, I think she washes her feet regularly, I'm pretty sure. She's got quirky little toes as well. It's not something I would I'd be that interested in having in my face, but what I'm saying, it's different horses for different courses. You know what I mean? different hoofs for different, uh, what do you say, I don't know it's different horses for different courses let's just stick with that it's an analogy it's a it's a metaphor is it it's a metaphor isn't it it's stood the test of time so let's just stick with what works. if it's not broke don't fix it is what I've always said which is another which is another quote I've stolen from someone but it works if it work if it ain't broke don't fix it that's the that's the word on the street so Louis C.K. he's come out Man, this guy's been through the ringer a little bit. Like it's it's so interesting, especially in a time where I mean it's not it's not necessarily new news that the media lies straight to our face, but to be honest, the the amount that they lie straight to our face has been has been my big takeaway of the last 18 months. I was quite convinced that they might have been a little bit biased. I didn't know they would so comfortably just lie straight to my face. So if they're doing it about this, they're gonna have no issue doing it about Louis CK or someone who goes against their mainstream agenda now just to clarify and just to reinforce I'm not that into the idea unless someone's given you permission to masturbate in front of them Which apparently in his situation they did I don't think you should be doing it. Is it weird still a little bit weird I get uncomfortable doing it in front of my wife. We've been married for 10 years. It's a humbling pose There's not many (laughs) There's not many there's not many poses that could they could leave you in a more of an awkward sort of position. You, you can't do that and look confident. There's no way you can stand there hunched over going at it uh, just on yourself and, and look like a well-established, confident man, though well-established, confident men do do it. And so that, that gets us into a pickle. But Louis CK, what do you think about that? I think he's a funny man. I'm really looking forward to seeing his special. I think it's going to be funny to watch. I think it's going to be funny. Well, it's good having people like him who you know are just speaking openly. Well, you have got to dance around this one because you don't know, do you? Like just because he's not being open about what he's what he's done, like he got called out. It, it I don't know. Comedy's beautiful for that reason. I feel like in a lot of senses they are the truth tellers, though. It's a it's a weird comment to make at the moment in the era of Bill Cosby. In the area, uh, I'm not going to say Louis Seeker. I'm not putting him in that category because he asked for permission. I don't think Cosby did. I think Cosby just spiked the drinks and said, all right, let's just see what happens. I'm Bill Cosby. <laughs> well, you go, oh, that's a, uh, I don't know where we're going with that. Where do you go with that? You shouldn't really venture down that track because it's highly controversial and he's highly unattractive. That's a thing as well. Like you would think a man of his caliber, a man of, of his fame, of his wealth, of his power, Despite his age, like uh, fame, wealth, and and power, you would think would lend itself to you being able to pick up even much younger women. I went to a Paul Kelly concert in London a few years ago, and Paul Kelly's not a great looking man, though he is a great musician. One of the no offense, Paul, if you if you happen to hear that, like I just I think you would agree. I, I think your I think your charisma, I think your charm, I think your songwriting, um. The fact that you're in touch with your romantic side a little. I think that's what's attractive about you from a man to another man. I just don't look at you and think, man, you're super attractive. And and that's fine because uh, but you don't have to be super attractive because as we've established, fame, money, power are attractive things. So I went to his concert in London and despite not being the best looking man at the concert, uh, uh, I went out the back to wait for him because I wanted to meet for him. And a girl, she was about 23 years old, said to me, now this is no joke, I'm just making this up, she said, I don't find him attractive, but if you let me sit on his face, I'd do it. And I said, beg your pardon? What just... I've only just met you, first of all. That's a very that's a very forward comment. I can't believe uh, you haven't even asked how I'm going just yet, and you've told me what you would let Paul Kelly do. Um, I don't know if he's into that kind of stuff. I'm guessing from some of his lyrics, he would be. I just get that vibe. You know what I mean? What's that paella cooking in the pan song? If you're in any other country than Australia right now, you'd have no idea who I'm talking about, because Paul Kelly's a... He's a what is he? He is to Australia what um, who's in number? Think of like a sixties folk singer, folk singer that only you guys know. That's that's who he is. You're not going to know who he is. So I, so I'd like to apologize for the uh, for the local reference that I've made again. But um, I just wouldn't have thought that Bill Cosby would have had as much trouble picking up. I don't. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just for the thrill. Uh, maybe it was just for the adrenaline rush of what he was doing. Uh, you can't say for sure. You don't know the, uh, the intentions of a person like that. But I heard the news that Bill Cosby did that. And, and I remember feeling the same way I felt when I woke up the next day and found out that Trump was the US President. I was just shocked. And I thought, I didn't actually know that could happen. I didn't know that was... I'd been told that that couldn't happen. Bill Cosby was the family man. And I thought Trump was just a joke. And then you wake up and go, ah. Oh, the media is full of shit. Is that what it is? The media is full of shit. I, I'm not sure. I'm ang- I'm a little bit upset with them at the moment. I'm just upset because of because of what we've been through the last couple of years. But you don't, you personally don't care about my emotions. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this an emotional thing. All I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna go back to my earlier point. The media is gross and Australians are soft. Let's just let's just pivot back to that while I recalibrate where I'm going with this particular podcast because I feel like I can't remember where this point started, I'm going to be honest with you. But I'm on camera and you've seen me. You're watching me trying to navigate it. And I'm not going to edit it out because you deserve to see the rust. You deserve to see the rust. (laughs) Look, That's one thing I forgot to tell you before. Australians are so excited about booster shots. Have you noticed that? Wherever you're from, Australians are incredibly... I've never seen such excitement about booster shots. There's there's people who are genuinely shattered that they can't go get their booster shot right now, despite the fact that the people they're getting their advice from say, "Hey, you know, you don't need booster shots for up to six months. You've only had yours a month, a month and a half ago. You don't need it right now." They say, "I want it though. I want to be super safe. I want to be to so- I want you to put the booster shot in me. I wanna, I want to have like a." What are those satchel things called? When you're when you're very sick or you're dehydrated, uh, and you're in the hospital, and they give you like a drip, uh, the safest option. If you are one of these people who just wants to constantly be vaccinated and boosted and do nothing about your health for yourself, just I reckon. Slowly but surely we start introducing IV drips to these people and just once a month they get through their own IV drip Because the truth is there's no amount of vaccine that's going to make these people feel safe. Do you know why? Because what they're going through is is It's not based on reality. It's based on like mental problems. It's based on the fact And I'm not saying they're I'm not saying they've got legitimate mental issues. I am saying they're making thinking errors And a lot of us make thinking errors, especially when we're scared. I'm a day trader. I try and do day trading on the stock market, and um, I say I'm a day trader. I'm not. The amount that I play with does not justify me uh, explaining myself to you as a day trader. Essentially, what I've just done to you is lied. I just lied straight to your face because I dabble in it. Even dabble is a strong word to, to explain what I do. I do it every day, but the amount that I play with doesn't justify being called a day trader. Mind you, the form's coming around a little bit, so maybe it is, but, but that's against my point. What I wanted to say was, when I'm day trading, uh, it's emotional because you're playing with money and sometimes the, the market will go against you and I'll get scared and I'll make a dumb decision because I've panicked and hadn't thought through it quickly. But then when the emotions dissipate, when I take a step back and I think about what it is that I've just been in part of, I can see the mistake, uh, I can see it more rationally, more calmly, I go, oh, why did I do that? Why did I respond that way? It's the same, it's the same with COVID. It's the same with it's the same with booster shots. Like, I think people right now they feel like their backs up against their wall. They're terrified, they're nervous, they're unsure. And so they and so they act emotionally, they act without thinking. That's why, like Ben Shapiro, what does he say? Yeah, facts don't care about feelings. <laughs> That's a terrible example of how he talks. Uh, facts don't care about feelings. You just have to say it fast and have a uh a little american accent i'm not 100 sure which part of america he's from and i wasn't confident in my version of his accent but it's just one of those things that i think is true and people are upset at the moment it doesn't even matter that the cricket's on in australia right cricket is such a shit sport by the way can i say cricket is i'm going to put it up there with the worst sports of all time there is nothing enjoyable about the game cricket it's just a it is slow it is boring. It sport in general to be fair is just a wanker territory. I can't handle I can't handle world of sport anymore. The AFL is is probably my favorite sport and uh, as much as as much as I love watching the AFL if I see one more bloke take a knee to try and explain to me that black lives matter, I just I'm going to turn I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And you always feel the need in this situation to to say that black lives do matter. But if you disagree with the march, if you disagree with the organization, apparently you're a racist these days. And the problem is these guys, it's so easy to do a simple act like that, isn't it? That's what I hate. It's like, it's honestly, taking a knee to support black lives is the equivalent of taking a booster shot because you don't want to actually do anything to look after yourself. It's the equivalent of of just relying on the government to tell you exactly what to do. Because taking a knee, it takes zero effort. It takes zero care. You don't genuinely have to care about anything that you're taking a knee for. You just do it as a virtue signalling act. You can just do that to get away with not getting in trouble, not being called a racist. And I get why people do it. Because you don't want to be called a racist. No one wants to be called a racist. So the idea of taking a knee to prove that you're not a racist seems like a good thing. But... The truth is they can only do it I think with empty stadiums because the rest of the stadium if there were people in there like me surely surely they'd get a boo because we don't we just don't care we don't like you for your political thoughts we don't like you for your political statements we we like you for the fact some of us don't even like you for the sport that you do some of us don't even care about watching you do the sport. So you trying to preach to me about something that's going on in America, which you can say is happening here as well, sure. you can. I, I know people hate this. They just say, you're just a privileged white man. Well, that's a dumb, narrow statement as well, isn't it? It's just a not nuanced conversation. And to say not nuanced conversation is a, is a weird thing to say when you're trying to make an intellectual point because that sentence doesn't work. But it's the truth. I'm pretty sure it's the truth. I mean, I've been wrong about a lot in the past, so maybe I'm wrong. I live in Queenscliff, right? I've, I've honestly never seen a black person in Queenscliff. That's not why I moved here. It's got nothing to do with it. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> Imagine if I told you that's why I came here. I moved to Queenscliff because I've never seen a black person here. That, see, that's where issues start to, start to sort of boil up. But there's a cafe in Queenscliff, and it's got a sign on their front door, and it just says, Black Lives Matter, Science Equals Violence. Or silence equals privilege. And I go, mate, you live in a town where there's zero black people. Like it's... What's happened here? Like, does that make sense to you? Surely if what you're saying is something you really believe, you go and live with people who you believe... Their lives are just being destroyed. Surely you go and help them. If you genuinely believe these people are at, at that much of a disadvantage to what you and I are in, in this culture, in this town, surely you're in the wrong place. Like your very sign is a isn't that a glance of hypocrisy going on in your own? I don't know if that's right. Seems to be though. I was gonna go get a coffee and then I thought, mate, I just I all I wanted was a soy flat white. I didn't want your political statement. I'm going next door. So I go next door, they go, have you got your Vax passport? I thought, fuck me, where, where where do I have to go to get a coffee? I just want to go get a coffee. You go and sit down, they got the cricket on. It's like, oh my gosh, what a shit sport. What, what's the appeal? I don't understand it. I guess I like golf, which is a very boring sport to a lot of people as well. And one of the things with golf, which is so good, is there's there's just constantly so much to improve. Yeah, there's different clubs based on different shots, based on different depths of grass, and... Um, I guess based on wind. There's different, yeah, there's different shots. There's different clubs for different reasons. And and one of the beautiful things that keeps you coming back to golf is when you when you land a good shot, when you connect well with a ball and you see it go right down the middle of the fairway, and it feels so sweet off the club. And it just it helps you forget about the 43 shocking shots that you've taken before that shot, despite the fact you're only on the fourth hole. Do you know what I mean? That's a terrible. That's a terrible score for the fourth hole, and it's only because of that shot that I finished the nine holes in 91 strokes, which is a horrific score. <laughs> it does include a couple of balls which have fallen into the pond, and you have to add on. You have to add on a couple of strokes for that, unfortunately, but. Um, but I guess that might be the acrylic, the appeal of Who am I though? I used to be a distance runner. Distance running is the most boring sport in the world. You always know the Kenyan or Ethiopian's gonna win, or some other African. The Aussie guy, at least it's Stewie McSwain, my boy, my mate. Uh, he's at uh, Stewie McSwain's run three twenty nine for fifteen hundred meters. Again, I call him a mate. Not necessarily true. I just had him on my other podcast a couple of times, so in my head we've uh, we've established some kind of a friendship. He's one bloke that you don't see him. Mind you, you don't really see people taking a knee before the uh, before uh, the 1500 metre final. I think because the truth, if you take a knee before a 1500 metre final, you need to be on the moment the gun goes. And if you take a knee, you're going to seize up ever so slightly. You want to be doing a stride before you, uh, before you get out there and, and start running. Anyway. Hey, um... I bumped into a, a Russell Brand video last night. He had he had a word of the week. I thought he's a kind of guy I like listening to because he's despite the fact he's I find him very funny and despite the fact I, I think he sometimes uses words that unnecessarily it does make him sound incredibly smart and his word of the week this week was hermeneutics and I thought you know what I'm gonna create i am I'm gonna create a file in my phone and every week I'm gonna do the word of the week with Russell Brand hermeneutics. I went to Bible college for a couple of years and I knew this word. It's just, it essentially, it refers to a branch of knowledge that you use to help interpret biblical stories. You can use it for, for other texts as well. How much of a wanker comment, how much of a wanker rant am I on right now? Like there's no way to talk about literature without speaking. See, even the fact that I use the word literature is, uh, is, is questionable. Maybe I shouldn't do this word of the week because I'm the kind of guy that once I start learning words, I start to practice them. And once I start to practice them, I'm I'm going to sound a lot smarter, which is fantastic. I'm happy to do that. I mean, but that's a dumb thing, isn't it? Like, just does does actually having some knowledge about a word, like does having a broader vocabulary actually make mean you are smarter? I'm not sure it does. I know a lot about running, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm smarter in general. Another nuanced term. You can't you can't just be throwing blanket statements around like that and assuming that it fits whatever it is that you're talking about, can you? Anyway, hermeneutics is the word. Did you know that word? Hermeneutics. Essentially, what you want to find is you want to find a word with like preposterous. So preposterous is it essentially just means it's outrageous. Like it's and it's got a bit of a negative bias. It's it's outrageous in a negative kind, in a negative way. I think that's that's how I've defined it. I'm not hundred percent sure whether Google.com uh, define preposterous would define it, but that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> this is the thing with this podcast. You never know where it's going to go. It's a mixed bag. It's a surprise. And if you're still here, it's your own fault. This is a shirt my wife bought me for, for Christmas. She gave it to me early because uh, she she thought when she... she We went to a protest a couple of weeks ago to protest the vaccine mandates. And there was a person there who said, good people disobey bad laws. And she thought that was fantastic and she loved it. So she surprised me with it. But the only place I'm ever going to wear it is, is on this... Uh, is on this podcast because if I wear it, if I wear it outside of this podcast, or if I wear it outside, I'm gonna. Uh, people are gonna think I'm a wanker because as cool as that statement is, it applies to everything. And like, there's certain things that good people uh, disobey bad laws. If I said that because I was dealing ice to a 12 year old. Like, who defines what the good law is, I guess is my question. Who defines what it is that you should be allowed to break? I'm wearing this shirt in reference to, like, mask mandates and vaccine mandates because I think they're silly. But some people think driving the speed limit is silly. And just because Michael Schumer... Well, that's a bad example because he's not a good driver anymore because he's in a coma. He's in a coma because of a, a skiing accident a few years ago. But before that skiing accident... Skiing accident when he wasn't in a coma. He was a, he was a very good driver. I don't know how his health is gone I, I hope he's doing well, but he was a very good driver before then But that didn't matter like if he was on the road He would have to drive a hundred K an hour now It doesn't matter if he got pulled over and said good people obey bad disobey bad laws because the police officer would say like cool chat mate but uh, but Mikey um, That's a $400 fine so, I don't know where the line is with with a shirt like this. It's uh, it feels good to wear it and I'm happy to break the I'm happy to break the bad laws because it's uh, it, it makes me feel it makes me feel like I'm doing my part for society. Am I? I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure if it's doing anything, but that's just uh, that's just what the YouTube video I was watching the other day was telling me. I do I, do, I spend a lot of time on YouTube, which is it's funny as well cuz people often say um, people often say to me like especially around vaccine mandates Uh, Oh, yeah, mate, keep watching your YouTube videos because uh, you're obviously not following mainstream science. You know what's so ironic about that? You can't say anything which is not mainstream on YouTube anymore. YouTube is perhaps the most mainstream, non-mainstream format of uh, information presentation as as there is out there. YouTube has become so mainstream now that if you're not saying what the CDC... Or what the project here in Australia are saying, what you're saying is gonna get banned or flagged or demonetized. So that's a weird statement. I think I think about that now, I think, well, I think the people, truthfully, who are who are being most misled are probably watching more videos on YouTube, which is ironic because I spend a lot of time on there and just have you guys noticed they've they've really ramped up the ads. They've ramped up the ad revenue, or not the ad revenue, they've amped, ramped up the ads on there. And here's the problem, here's the debacle that I face. So I've got a I've got a running channel, it's called Relax Running. And it's just past the 1,000 subscriber threshold, which means now I can monetize my videos. All I have to do is activate my ads. And I have because I want the money. But the ads are so annoying. So I'm in this debacle of like, it's just because, you know that situation where you realize that people who make iPhones are jumping out of buildings and killing themselves because they're in really bad working environments. And you go, okay, I'm not going to buy the phone anymore. And then like the rest of the world still buys your phone. So your protest means nothing because in the time that you've uh, had your little revolution against Apple, there's been a person who's left Android to start buying Apple. So you know that it's evened up and what you've done made no difference whatsoever. That's the situation I faced, because I'm like, well, stuff it. I'm not going to have ads on if this is what I have to experience on here, because they're really random. I reckon for every five minutes of video you watch, you have to watch a minute worth of ads, which is incredibly painful, but I get the situation, because I've just monetized my videos because I want the money. <laughs> Do you ever have that? It's like you want to make a stand for something you believe in, but then you realise that that thing you believe in, everyone, or that thing you're taking a stand against, everyone else is still doing it. ah, oh, it's never going to come around. Is that cynical? That sounds cynical, saying out loud. Maybe I need to stick to it and just do my own little revolution. Because at least then you can look at yourself in the mirror and feel good about what you've done. You don't have to feel guilty. Like, I guess even if you're buying Nikes and iPhones after the fact, you know, people who are making them are killing themselves because the work environment. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. I think it is. Apparently some of these places in China that the iPhones are being made, of, uh, made out of have, have nets around them so that the people who jump, they, they don't kill themselves anymore. They just get a sore foot or like a, a leg stuck in the net, <laughs> which is not funny. It's not something you should laugh at, but just that image in my head in that moment, not thinking about what I was talking about, made it sound incredibly funny. So, anyway, I'm in a, I'm in a debacle. I'm, I bet this shirt was made in China. This is the thing. Like, I've, I've got, actually, I'm going to tell you right now. Heavy cotton. Give me one second. I've been working out, so if you can see my shoulders, don't. cotton, Dominican Republic actually. I'm not 100% sure what the working situation is in in Dominican Republic, but I can tell that it's a, like it's not a, this is not an expensive garment. I can tell by the way that the the text is printed on the shirt, but Dominican Republic, I don't, like are they known after, I'm gonna Google that when I get out of here. I'm gonna Google whether Dominican Republic is actually a place where the workers are looked after. But anyway, that's my that's my little uh, uh, thought for the day. Thanks for being here. I'm glad that you're over here. Hope you enjoyed that one. I hope you've uh, I hope you're having a good rest of the week. Don't be a pussy. If you're an Australian, stop being a pussy. That's maybe that's what this one's going to be called. Australians Australians are soft. That's what this is called. All right. So if you made it this far, you found out Australians are soft. Or Australians are pussy. What should we go with? Let's, let's go with a, Australians are soft. Yeah, alright. Australians are soft. <laughs> anyway. You guys have a great rest of your week. Alright? And I'll see you all here next week.